How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. As we close the chapter on another EMS World Expo, in this episode, we will celebrate this unprecedented accomplishment by outlining all that went into making it happen. My guest today played a huge role in the success of the event. Ms. Hillary Gates is the Senior Editorial Program Director for EMS World. She is an incredible talent, and I am happy to call her a friend. Hillary, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me on my own podcast, Mike. This is awesome. <laughs> this is the huge. Table, the tables have turned. Absolutely. So, Hill, have you had enough time to recover from the amount of work that went into this process? Thank you for acknowledging the work. Yes, I am fully recovered and ready to roll again um, because it never ends. As soon as I think it's over, we launch 2021. Uh, which we did on Monday, by the way, um, call for presentations for EMS World Expo 2021 is live, people. So get your ideas in. You have until December 14th of this year. And if you do what you always do, you'll wait till the last minute to- Makes your life a lot harder. Eh, it just stresses me out. But now that I'm used to it (laughs) and I know it's coming, I ought to really just take a breath and understand reality. Absolutely. There's never any rest for the weary. You know that. Indeed. So I had the opportunity, obviously, to take part in the virtual expo. And uh, before we even start, I want to say kudos to you and to the incredible EMS World team for a huge success. Uh, I'm not just saying that uh, because I am the host for EMS World Podcast, but I'm saying that because it came off so well. I was so impressed and I was texting you as it was we were doing it as to how it looked. It looked spectacular and it really was user friendly, which you know me. I'm not good with technology and <laughs> I could do it. So I, I you know, I certainly wanted to bestow those praises upon you and, and everyone for all the work that went into it. Yeah, no doubt, Mike. We were really pleased with the way it turned out and with uh, tons of work on the back end and lots of late nights with all of my team and all of the people who were involved in making it happen. They, um, they're they amazing. And, and all of the partnerships that we had both internally and externally. Internally, we had all of our subject matter experts and all of our the virtual platform itself and our partners. Um, but we also had to have all of these speakers come around and pivot and do all these amazing things for us and respond to the thousand emails we sent to them in order to really make the product what it was. And we had to work with Capsi and we had to work with all of the registration companies' uh, ideas for how this was going to work. And you just don't really know what you're getting into until it happens. And you end up saying, I didn't know that was going to happen. And then everyone sort of takes breath and pivots and says, let's make this work. But the user experience, Mike, for Luddites like you and all the others was the most important thing to us. And I do agree that it turned out really well. The interface was beautiful and the usability was good. And the really good uh, 
arbiter of that is that people are still on Expo. They're still doing virtual classes on demand, which are available for a whole year with uh, the Expo registration. So we're still seeing lots of engagement. It's not the event week itself in September, but it's still them getting their education and learning from our incredible speakers. Which at the end of the day is is certainly the goal. Um, you know, the, the learning process, the educational process involved in this is everything. And so 32 EMS and EMS World Expos have occurred and obviously nothing like this. So take me back to when you realized and the team realized that the in-person widely attended expo wouldn't be an option given what we're dealing with in the nation right now. You are so right. And like everyone else in this pandemic year of 2020 and the craziness, it was May or June and all we were doing was chomping at the bit, trying to decide what was going to happen, trying to predict a future that we couldn't predict. We still can't predict the future. It's one of the hardest things about this pandemic is not knowing what's happening. And so our company is a meetings company. HMP is in this space. They know it better than anyone. And they had been moving most of their other brands into virtual events. And it was just a matter of time before the company decided we're going to make Expo go virtual also. Part of this had to do with all of the things that go into the back end of a show that many attendees might not understand. The contracts we have with the hotels that we use, the contract we have with the convention center, all of the travel and all of the vendors and and all of the things that go into an in-person show that sort of shut off when you don't have uh, the in-person show. So in May or June, when we finally made the decision, it was go time and we picked a, a company to to launch our platform and we were on the phone with them weekly and then bi-weekly or you know twice a week and then daily leading up to the conference getting this platform built. I can't imagine all of the emotions that were running through your head and and I would imagine that the initial one was that of disappointment for obvious reasons. I mean let, let's be honest, Expo is Expo, right? I mean yep. it, it's the show. It's yep. it's the it's the most widely attended uh, expo in the world for EMS, and so I know I was upset, and so I'm certain many of the listeners were upset the same way that we were. But it was the resolve that followed that was so incredible because you realize that you weren't going to be able to do it in person, but you were still going to do it. And so, what were just some of those nuances initially? that you had to basically overcome and and you know say hey listen we have to push through this so that this is a success. We had to make decisions that were hard and that were painful for some people on the other end of the decision. The biggest decision we had to make immediately was we can't have as many speakers, we can't have as many sessions. Yeah, it'll be 5 days and it'll sort of duplicate the time frame that the in-person expo will uh, would have been, but um, I had to cut, you know, uh, probably more than half the program. And then I wanted most importantly to make the virtual experience really, really unique. We knew we were still going to be the world's largest EMS conference for the year 2020. Um, and we knew that our attendees needed to be entertained. They didn't just want education, but they couldn't sit Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from eight to five in front of a computer. That's ridiculous. No one, no one's going to do that. And one of the ways that we brainstormed as a team to really make this more 
intriguing and um, really kind of challenge the paradigm was to make each of the hour-long sessions have multiple speakers. So when you when you have to call up your speakers and say, hey guys, um, thanks for agreeing to pivot with us into this virtual expo. Can you make your one hour talk into 15 minutes, please? <laughs> you can't just talk faster or um, you know, cut a few slides and hope you get through it. And and part of this, Mike, that was so uh that had no room for error or fudge factor was the time frame. So if we say to them, we only have 50 minutes and then we're going to have a 10 minute Q&A at the end of the one hour, you cannot go over your time. We have CAPSI requirements and other things that we have to do to make this 60 minutes. You know, in a live in a live event, if the speaker starts rambling on past their one hour, people sort of wander off and, right. and the next one doesn't come in for 15 minutes. But but you can't do that in a virtual event. You got stuff to queue up. You got you got all the wizards behind the curtains, all of our tech folks getting ready for the next uh, session to play. So I'm telling you, ha- asking speakers to do all of this pre-recording on Zoom in their own office, home, place of employment, wherever it was, and speak to a screen instead of a, a group of people and shorten their talk and make it interesting, even though you're sitting and you can't move around and gesticulate like a Ken Bouvier. They rose to the occasion beyond anything I I, I I knew they were capable. I just didn't realize how great they would be. And everyone commented on that. We had, um, you know, we had exciting presentations for something that's going to be be viewed on a computer. And the best part of everything that we didn't realize how impactful it would be was this live Q&A. Which was awesome. Uh, And like you said, so there was a unique factor to it. And that was extremely unique, but engaging and really kept it interesting. And so that whole part of it was, was just such a highlight. And you think about as an educator myself, I think about the educational value of these virtual events. And if I think about sitting in a room in a convention center with 300 other people listening to one guy talk, and I have seven questions that have cropped up in his 45 minutes, and then at the end, I know he's going to allow some time for questions and answers. Well, I have enough chutzpah, and I'm not shy. I'll raise my hand and yell out a question, but that's not the case for most learners. Most people are kind of shy. If you have to go over and walk to a microphone, scooch by everybody, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, getting out to the aisle to go walk to the microphone, you better have a good question because everybody else is going to make fun of you. Especially in your None, yeah. <laughs> None of that was a barrier for this because the Q&A is open as soon as the recording starts. The Q&A is open and you can ask all the questions you want and the speakers are there in the green room, in the Zoom green room, ready to answer those questions either by typing the answer immediately back or waiting for the, you know, the great questions that they can answer at the end where they can pontificate and and talk further about it. So educationally, Mike, this ended up being one of the biggest benefits is if you think about a learner who's confused and not wanting to cement incorrect knowledge and the ability to do that in this virtual environment was was bar none. I mean, it just, it just was, uh, it was fabulous. I'm so proud that that happened that way. And it was sort of a, uh, sort of a lucky move on our part. Well, and I, that's what I was going to say. Like, isn't it incredible that you actually had that come out of a virtual experience, whereas you thought that you were just going to have to get by, but actually one of the greatest accomplishments of probably any expo came out of the virtual experience. 
Yeah. And, and I, I have to say, we all know this to be true and it's easy to dwell on the bad stuff that's happened this year, but one of the things that's happened in 2020 is all of the creativity and all of the amazing solutions that we've come up with and that have furthered not only education, but our lives and maybe changed them in a way and uh, tweaked things and processes that we never would have tweaked had we not been forced to do this type of stuff. And we're, we're better for it. I mean, are we ever going to get in our cars again and go to the office in the same way that, uh, that we did before the pandemic? Maybe not. Certainly there are, are negatives and positives to that in a, in a workforce environment, in a personal environment, all those things. But, um, but for the most part, I think most people are more productive. They might be a little bit healthier. They might, uh, like being at home, uh, better. There's no pollution. There's, I mean, look at all those things that sort of unintended consequences. I agree. And I think that what it did was it forced us to get out of our lazy boys and kind of start to rethink the way we do things, not just from a workforce, but just generalized life and, you know, how we become creative in uh, when we are restricted in so many ways. And like you said, technology as they say, is your best friend, your worst enemy. Usually, you know me, it's the worst enemy. But this was, it really brought us to that next level. And I think it was so evident with, you know, how it went and, and how people embraced it. And that was what I wanted to ask you next. The feedback from what I've seen has been overwhelmingly positive. Tell us a little bit about the feedback. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, overwhelmingly positive. We are so grateful for everyone's uh, grace and for their patience and for their honesty. Uh, we wanted to hear it all. So certainly there were uh, some folks who had some struggles with the platform, who had some technological struggles or who didn't enjoy sitting in front of their computer. And it was funny because they would say that to us and say, I hate this, or in our in our follow-up survey would tell us, I didn't enjoy Expo the way I did before, but that's my own fault because I'm a social animal and I want to be with other people, right? So they, they kind of had this caveat of, take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt, you know, I wish we could have been in Las Vegas. No one, no one wanted this, but I think most people uh, had this positive feedback because they appreciated the extent to which we wanted to make it really, really easy for them and uh, enjoyable. And then they also just appreciated the ability to sort of get together with folks. And so we had these networking opportunities and we, we wanted people to engage with each other. That was another thing with the back to the Q and a, right. You could see other people's comments and you'd be like, Hey, that's my friend, Mike asking a question all the way across the country. And then they would chat with each other. Yep. And that's what, that's what EMS is all about. Right. I mean, I miss that so much as being, being in person with people and, and seeing friends you haven't seen in a long time. And the only time you see them is on the convention floor. But um, yeah, the positive feedback has been really rewarding. Um, and I think everyone also gives us the positive feedback and then says, dot, 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 can't wait to see you in person in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And listen, we're social animals, right? I mean, we, we love being out there, like you say, and, and seeing, you know, faces. We only get to see many faces once a year. And right. so, you know, we, we certainly like that social aspect, but you know, like you said, we, you have to be creative and sometimes, you know, it's not going to be exactly what you thought it was, but it happened and it went so well. And I think it's going to, in many ways, lead 
to new events that come out of this. And, and so I ask you, how will this manifest itself after actually going through this and having success? What's next? Yeah, you're right. For as long as, as we aren't sure about our future, for as long as there are opportunities for us to deliver this amazing content and new content to our readers, our viewers, our attendees, we will do so. And once it's safe and, and once we have the ability to get back together in person in, in large gatherings and fly safely and be in a hotel safely and all those things, then you can count on us being the leader and making sure it's it feels safe for everyone uh, next year, hopefully in October in Atlanta. But in the meantime, why not take advantage of all the things we've learned? Why not take advantage of this ability to deliver education virtually beyond what we were used to before? And so, yeah, no doubt EMS World has a learning management system. Our LMS is, is very robust because of Expo and because of the content we've been getting. And we are absolutely exploring ways to offer this more than just once a year and more than in person. That's awesome. Uh, I feel like you're uh, teasing something, but I think that that's great um, because like you said, it's it's there and it's now uh, it, it's tried and true. So why not you know take that to the next level? Before uh, I let you go, I want to hear out of your mouth what the, the, the greatest highlight was from Expo and the greatest challenge. If you could mm -hmm. just let the listeners know from your perspective, obviously it's just from your perspective, but what was the most challenging and then what was something that you felt the best about? Good one. The most challenging was this feeling that I've never had before, which is I'm, I'm a helper. I'm a doer. I'm a hands-on person. I run around. People see me running around like crazy at Expo, um, trying to make sure everybody's doing okay. And I couldn't do that. I had to sit in my chair and instead send an email. So it was challenging to know that not everything was in my hands or fixable, but that I had this team of people who were ready to respond on a moment's notice and that the team could could do so successfully. And, and we tried our hardest to, to be receptive to the, the people who were watching and to, to help everyone out. And so that challenge of feeling like we weren't together and I, you know, was alone in my basement in front of my computer for five days in a row, I was alone physically, but I wasn't alone emotionally because I was with all these other folks. So, so are you saying you allowed yourself to be vulnerable, Hill? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, as an EMS provider, are you saying you allowed yourself to be vulnerable and that was a challenge? I think, uh, I think Mike, that, you know, admitting <laughs> that I had a weakness and admitting that I wasn't able to fix everything. Yeah. That's okay. Hard. Gee, I yeah. can relate. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, psychiatrist. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was challenging, but, but uh, kind of segueing into what was a highlight was even though I was physically alone, we were still together virtually. And I know that sounds a little trite, but w one of the coolest things that I just can't believe we have this technology is when all the speakers were getting ready for their Q&A. And I mentioned earlier that we had these green rooms, which in a traditional space would be in the back of the David Letterman show where you get ready before Dave calls you on to be interviewed, right? Sure. Well, now we had them in a Zoom room. And so the speakers were like hanging out with each other, waiting for their Q&A, catching up with each other. 
And guess what I did? I basically Zoom bombed for five days because <laughs> I, I had the links to all these Zoom rooms and I would just hop in and and some of the, the techs who were in the room were like, oh, here comes Hillary. I got to like Hillary again. And I would hop in and say, hey, you guys, oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. Thank you for everything. And um, wow, that, that was so cool. So even though I was alone, I wasn't really alone. But Did a lot were, of and you were able to have that social element. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, Hill, again, I just want to thank you for coming on and and chatting a little bit about the incredible successes of Expo this year. I know it was challenging and I know it was unprecedented and I know it was unique, but as we normally do in EMS, we adapt and we overcome. And that's exactly what your team did. And you could... The listeners can certainly read up a little bit more on this in the November issue. It's in there with some other great articles. Um, And so, again, Hill, I want to thank you for coming on. And we certainly look forward to the the many great things that are in front of us in EMS world as you continue to expand and offer so many incredible things to the EMS community. Thank you, Mike. And I, I have to say that I... We wouldn't be able to do this without the support that we have of friends like you and all of our EMS fans. And I've always said that EMS folks are some of the nicest people on the planet. They'll give you the shirt off their back. They'll give you their intellectual property for free. They will do anything you ask of them in order to better the industry and to make sure our patient care is the finest it can be. And that was so evident and and on display for EMS World Expo 2020 virtual. And I just can't wait to see all of you again and embrace you physically with a hug and tell you that I appreciate you. Thanks, Mike. So well said, Hill. Well, we will talk soon. This has been another episode of EMS World Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks again for listening. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 